running your race of your life. How many of you realize God has put a race before you? Right? He has definitely put a race before you, right? And so we're going to start in Hebrews 12. And I'm going to read this uh, beginning in verse 1. I'm going to read this out of the New Living Translation. It says, Hebrews 12, verse 1, out of the New Living, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, the life of faith. You know, we talk about how faith, we're called to live a life of faith. And, but that lifestyle, it has to be a lifestyle. You have to be a daily lifestyle that you live every day. And he goes on, Paul says here, he says, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Guys, God set a race before you. I mean, and, 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 and not just a race for you to, it's like you're competing with your neighbor or you're competing with, 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 with your wife or your friend or so your coworker, but he set a race for you to accomplish. And that race is called your life, right? And you're going to walk this thing out and you got a long time. The good thing is, is you got a long time to fulfill this race, guys. But what you want to need to make sure is that you're running your race because there's a lot of people, guys, that aren't running the race. They're sitting at home. And they're waiting on God to make them do some things. I hear it. I've heard it many times. Well, if God wants me to do something, he'll just have to, he'll just have to make me do it or he'll put me where I need to be. Come on. God is sitting there going, are you kidding me? I was trying to impress him through the Holy Spirit and get you to do some things, but you are the one that has to take the step. Amen. He, God is never, let me tell you, I've told you many times, if you ever find a spirit that's forcing you to do something, it's not God. And you better run from it and you better rebuke it because it's coming straight from the pit of hell right there. Amen. The devil is what will be trying to make you do some things, right? But 2 Timothy 4, 7 says, I have fought the good fight. He's talking about the good fight of faith right there. And he says, I have finished the race and I have remained faithful. Guys, God has given each one of us a race, not only to run in our life, but he tells us right there that we are to finish that race. And he's made everything available to us. He's given us every biblical principle, every, 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 everything we need is right there in his word to accomplish and to finish and to run your race, right? But you got to make sure something, guys. And we're going to talk about what it takes, what it means to run your race, Right? But before you do that, you got to, number one, you got to first understand God wants you to run it. He wants you to get, he wants you to, to put on your running shoes and he wants you to take those steps of faith. And we're talking about a spiritual race here, right? But he wants you to be doing it, but he also wants you to be running your own race. Amen. Because there's a lot of people out there that are running somebody else's race. Now, now what do I mean by that? They, they, a lot of times in life, it's easy to look at what somebody else is doing and think, wow, that looks good. And you're tempted to do what they're doing just because that looks good. That looks successful. And you see this in the natural light in, in business, you know, and I'm not saying you can't learn from what other people are doing, right? But what you got to do is make sure that you're running your race. Make sure that you're hearing from God. And when he's leading, you're, you're taking steps, right? You're not trying to do something just because it worked for that person. You're not just trying to do something because they were successful and they made a lot of money or they built a big business or they built a big church. Come on. If it worked for them, I'm going to do that. And if I do that, we'll be a big church. Come on, you see this big time in churches right now. 
There's a lot of pastors out there struggling right now. And, you know, and let me, along that line, let me just say this, you know, if you, if you stall, if you study church statistics and I love stats, you guys know that, uh, church in through church history, church attendance has done, it's been kind of like a roller coaster, you know, and we're kind of in one of those lulls right now, yeah. right? There's a lot of people, even, even people that are regular attendees of church, and this is totally naturally speaking, they're, 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 even they don't put as much a priority on church as they should. And this is, this is not nothing new. This has happened before, and we're kind of right there. And, and the whole point of this right now is there, right now there's a lot of pastors that can get discouraged because they were used to preaching to 200, and now they're preaching to 50, Right? And, and it's because we're in a lull. And, and when they get into these positions, guys, and this is so, 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 they, so, so important, is they lose sight of who they were or who they are or who God called them to be. And then they start looking, and, they, and typically when that happens, they always go to the big church. And they say, well, all right, well, what are they doing? And, and whatever they're doing, I'm going to try to do it. And if I try to do it, then that'll work for me. And then if that don't work, they look at this church. I'll try this and I'll do that. If I, don't do, if I do that, then that'll work for me. And through that whole process, guys, they lose sight of who God called them to be. And I'm going to tell you, the same principle is true in your personal life. God called you to be who you are. He made you special just the way you are. As quirky as you are, as intelligent as you are, the way you are with your little, little quirks and, you know, all that you are, you know, he made you that way, guys. You need to be, you need to embrace it and remain true to who you are and run your race. Because I'm going to tell you something, compass, God gave compass church a unique DNA. We're different. Not in a bad way. We're different. I mean, I don't know of any other church that's got a cafe bar and caught bar stools and, and tables in their sanctuary, right? But I mean, that's okay. That's just who we are. And that's not who we are, but who we are, we're a word of faith church that's going to teach you the true principles of the word, 100% true, uh, with, uh, with a pastor that is held accountable for the words that he teaches from his pulpit. So you can trust me, you can follow. Guys, we are very unique, but that's who God called us to be. Yeah. Amen. And we're going to stay true to who we are. We're gonna, I'm not going to try to be like everyone else. I'm going to stay close to God. And when he tells me to take a step, we're going to take a step. Come on, we saw this with the mission trip. God said, I need you to go to Ukraine. He, I told Michelle, we talked about it. He confirmed it with her. We're going to Ukraine. Man, we got three weeks to plan this. What's it going to cost? $32,000. We need to raise it. Oh, my gosh. Naturally, we wanted to run. We wanted to run. But we didn't. We took the step. Took that step, and when we did, you guys know the story. I mean, God, God showed up miraculous in three weeks' time. We had more than enough to do the trip. Glory to God. What's the point of all that? Stay true when you run your race, guys. Stay true, because there's a lot of people, a lot of people that don't know who they are, and they're trying to run somebody else's race. Because you've got to remember something. God's not going to judge you based on what he put in somebody else's heart. God's going to judge you based on what he put in your heart and whether or not you were obedient to make it come to pass. It's very important. You gotta, you gotta understand that. Understand who you are as a child of God and have a relationship with him when you want to talk to him, pray with him, and learn his voice and the following and the leading of the Holy Spirit. And when he tells you to move, you don't fall into fear because he hasn't given us a spirit of fear. Naturally, people fall into fear, right? And but you, you, you take the step of faith because he's called you to do it and you allow him to work through your life. 
It goes back to what I was preaching a few weeks ago about how God wants to show himself in his goodness through his creation, which is us, through his people. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Listen, you got to, you got to, you got to, when you're running your race, make sure you're running your race, not your neighbor's race. Amen. All right, so let's get out. Now, if, when you get ready to run your race, guys, and this is where I want to get to. First, you got to understand that you, there's a race to be run, okay? And you gotta, you gotta, you got you got to have to do some things to run your race because I know some of you are out there. You like your little list and you like your little steps, so I'm going to give you some steps to run in your race, right? Now you're going to have to forgive me because I don't know a whole lot about track and all of that, but we're going to be talking similar about that because I don't know a lot about running track. As you can see, I'm not very much of a runner right here. I need to get Jeremy to come up here and do that. He was the coach, right? All right, so do not criticize me after service for the, <laughs> if I miss something on this. But as I was preparing these, and there's a lot of steps to run in your race, right? But when you look in the natural, what it takes to run a race, and I'm Coach Jeremy there can tell you everything you got to do to run your race, all right, to be a track star. He's a runner. He's a, wait, what's that? Tracks there. <laughs> Inside joke. Y'all don't need to know. All right. So, uh, <laughs> so anyway, when you look at what it takes to run a natural race, that was a Ukrainian joke when we're on the trip. But um, anyway, what it takes to run a race in the natural, whether it be running a marathon or any kind of track event, you can see similarities to what it means or what you or what it takes to run your natural. I mean, your spiritual race. Amen. And so if you look, one, and so I took the, the very first thing that, and I made this number one because it's very important. And the very first thing that you see that makes a track star or a runner successful is, and this is an ingredient that you cannot do it without. All right? And the same thing is true with your spiritual race. And the first ingredient is training. Training. Go ahead and write that down. Training. You're in training right now, guys. That's what training is everything to an athlete. And it's not just a runner. It's just any athlete, guys. Athletes spend hours training themselves. Hours. People are always so quick to criticize football players and, and this, that, and the other. And they're the ones that are sitting at home on the couch and never have put a step a foot inside a gym and understand that these players, they spend hours. They get to the gym at 3 in the morning, and then they're working out, and then they're on the field, and they're practicing, and they're, st- they're running to a day and they're doing all of this on into the night and they go home at 8 o'clock, get a little bit of rest, a shower and some food and they're right back the next morning doing it again. They're putting training. They're, getting, they're preparing themselves physically and mentally for the challenge that's set before them, right? Yeah. And the same thing is true with your spiritual race, guys. The amount of training that these athletes put in will determine the amount of success, right, that you see. You're in training when you come to church. And this, you know, I, I was listening, I go back and listen to my messages and I'll, sometimes I want to, uh, you know, I'm like, what was I thinking, you know? And, but, you know, I'm not the best speaker. I can't help, you know, but I am who I am. You know what I'm saying? I'm running my race, right? But when you're in training, but when I, when I, this is what I'll say, when I, when I go back and listen to my messages, I say a lot when I get to a place, I mention this is another reason why you need to be in church, right? And here's, this is another reason, guys. I do say this a lot, but there's so many reasons. 
And I really, I'm very passionate about it because I only get you guys once a, once a week. And guys, anybody that goes to the gym will tell you once a week's not going to get it. I think about Sasha there. You know, when Sasha, we adopted Sasha from Ukraine. How long have you been here? Six, seven years? Eight years. Oh my, I'm getting old. All right. Well, when we adopted Sasha and Jessica, you know, Sasha got here. He, he was a big boy. You know, he was a little chunky, you know, not criticizing him because he's not chunky now. But the difference was, is he determined that he was going to train his body and he was going to do some things different. And he started going to the gym. Now, I mean, you go over there, he's rock solid now. The man is, I wouldn't want to try to take him down. You better shoot him. It's the only way you're going to stop him. I mean, I don't know what else you could do. I mean, he's solid. But that happened because he went to the gym, but he didn't go to the gym once a week. Come on, how many times a week do you go? Six days a week, sometimes for two to three hours, right? And he's working this muscle, that muscle. He's training and he's getting himself ready. Guys, this is, when you, this is why you got to get into the church. you got to get in here and you got to be learning and you got to be allowing the Holy Spirit to give you revelation of what you're hearing. I'm not here to entertain you. I'm here to give you information so that the Holy Spirit, if you come in here prayed up, expecting to receive, the Holy Spirit can give you revelation of the words that are being spoken. Come on, revelation knowledge is priceless. Revelation knowledge is not knowledge that is gained from reading a book. Revelation knowledge is knowledge that is inspired by the Holy Spirit in the moment. That's how you can read the same scriptures over and over and over. Come on, and still obtain new information. You're like, wow, 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 I thought I knew that. Amen. But guys, you're in training. Growing spiritually. Growing spiritually. I'm going to tell you something. You've got to remember, we're, you're in a race. It's not a race against your neighbor, but you're in a race and your, your competitor's not only trying to stop you, but he's trying to kill you. Yeah. He's trying to pull a Tanya Harding and knock your knees right out from under you, right? See, y'all don't even know who they are, aren't even old enough to know who that is, right? That was back in the 80s. There's, a, there's actually a show on Netflix about it now, right? Not that I've watched it, but I did see that on there, right? But listen, you got to remember, he's trying to stop you. And, and, but God has already said that we are to finish our race, He's made everything available for us to, to accomplish and, and, to, and to fulfill that, that plan or that purpose or our race. He's made it all possible. But we accomplish that through faith. Yes. Through faith. We talk about faith a lot, but that's, guys, that's, that's important. It's very important. Right? You know, you, and that's why you have to keep your faith muscles built up. Yeah. I mean, think about it. If, if, you, could, if you can't believe God for, let's just go really simple, a cup of coffee. In other words, God, I believe that somebody's going to buy me a cup of coffee today. And if, you, if, you, if, if, if the thought of doing that, just like, oh, that would never happen, you know, your faith muscles are pretty weak. And, it, and if that was the case, and if that, say that was where Michelle and I were when God said, I need you to go to Ukraine in three weeks and I need you to do this and it's going to cost this, but I don't care, I need you to go. What would, I, what would you do if your faith muscles were way down here? But see, we've done this many, 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 many times. Many times. And when we started out, we were back down here believing for the cup of coffee. But now we can go to God and believe him for thousands of dollars. It's not about building anything for ourselves. It's about doing what he's called us to do and taking the step of faith and going out there and doing it, guys. It's not about a fat bank account. You guys guys know me. I would love to have taken the $40,000 and bought a new GMC but I'll stick with my 2005 Chevy Colorado, right? You know, I'm not, listen, I'm not, I'm not about material things. You guys know my heart. 
That's definitely not me. It's about doing what God's called you to do. You've got to keep your faith muscles built up. And that's why you're in training. And faith only comes by Romans 10, 17. Romans, faith, Romans 10, 17. You'll have to excuse me. I had to take a Benadryl because my nose was deciding to drain this morning before I came up here. But faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Another reason to be in church. But you need to be here. Listen, you need to be hearing that more than just once a week. You need to be hearing it. That's why you read your, you read your Bibles. I read my Bible out loud. Why? I'm feeding my spirit. Sounds crazy. People laugh at me sometimes. I don't care. If faith comes by hearing, I want my spirit to hear it, and I want them to hear it, and I don't care who's reading it. I want it to hear it. I'm feeding my spirit man on the inside. Amen. But it comes, listen, you're in training and you need to keep those faith muscles built up and you need to feed on God's word and you need to feed on it as so much that it becomes a part of your very being. Because remember, you have an enemy that wants to stop you and he's going to stop you with fear and he's going to stop you with discouragement and he's going to stop you with thoughts of, of, of defeat and thoughts of doubt and thoughts of unbelief and when he, start, when he starts putting all of that in there guys you need your faith muscles built up so strong and so powerful guys that it, that, that it replaces all of those thoughts of fear and doubt with faith instantly instantly and guys that only happens through spiritual growth, growing in the things of God, growing in the word of having the word of God so much a part of you that it just instantly comes out of you in the time of need. Amen. And Paul even talked about it. Look with me in Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4. We'll start down in verse. We've read this many times, but I want to, I want to point it out. And I'm going to read this out of the New King James. Beginning in verse 11. And this he's talking about the purpose of the church here. He's talking about, well, one reason. And he says, verse 11, he says, He himself gave some to be apostles, prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers for equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. That's what we're doing. That's our job is to equip you. That's your pastor's job. And not only that, it goes on, he says, we are to edify the body of Christ. You know what edify means? It means to build you up. So I don't get up here and preach sermons of doubt and sadness and all that's going on in this world because that's not my job. My job is to build you up, to encourage you in faith so that you can go and walk in, the, in, in victory that God has called you to walk into, right? Yeah. And he goes on, he says, verse 13, he says, until we all come to the unity of the faith, man, you can't get away from faith, and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things, grow up in all things into him who is the head of the Christ, which is Christ Jesus. Listen, Paul was talking about you got to grow up, guys. Grow up spiritually in the things of God so that you, when, when, when social media throws a different doctrine out there, and I'm going to tell you, there's a, don't get your doctrine off of social media. Come on, that's so dangerous. And to watch these people get in these little, that's why I don't get on social media. They get on here and they feel like they got to say something and they're totally off the wall. And it's, then it creates this whole dynamic and atmosphere where people are divided. Come on, social media is straight from the pit of hell in one sense because it's dividing people. Right. 
right? And what does the devil do? He divides us. He separates us. He's trying to separate us from God himself. And if he can keep us separated from each other, Lord, you know, amen. But listen, we got to grow spiritually so you don't fall victim to these things. You know, you, you got to grow spiritually so that when somebody just comes up with a new wind of doctrine, that you can quickly discern it because you have the word in you. It's a part of who you are. And the, if it's in you, Scripture says the Holy Spirit will bring it back to you. Remembrance. You know, a lot of people hold on to that verse and say, well, uh, if I need it, the Holy Spirit's going to bring it back to my remembrance. Well, if you ain't never put it in there, it ain't coming back. Right? right? I'm just saying. Let's just be real. Right? But growing up is a process, guys. Not anybody in here was born fully grown. If you were, I feel sorry for your mother. Right? But it's just simply truth. You're born a child, and then you go through development stages into an adult. And guys, the same thing is true when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Right? I don't care how old you are physically when you accept Jesus. You're still a babe in Christ. And I remember this. Because I, I got saved when I was 26. And you guys know my testimony. You know, it was kind of crazy up until that point. But after that, I was very determined. And, but I was very intimidated also. Because in the church I was in, there was a lot of... We'd go to, these, we'd go to meetings and go to, these, go to these classes and this, that, and other. And I mean, I'm sitting there and I, didn't, I was dumb as a rock when it comes to spiritual things. I really was. And, and, and I'm just being honest with you. And, and, but somebody gave me a Bible, you know, and I determined I was going to read it. And, and I started reading and I started going to these classes. But when I sit in these classes, there was 15 year old kids that were blowing me away by their wisdom of the word. And I was just like, I felt like this tall, you know, but it was kind of overwhelming. But all I did is I, I turned that fire around and I, I used that to, to drive me to learn more. Right. I didn't want to feel overwhelmed. Right. I wanted to learn more. And I listen. All of that, all of that, all of that means that if you're going to run your race, guys, I could preach for days on spiritual growth. You need to grow in the things of God. Amen. Your success in your race of your life is going to depend on how much training you receive, how you use that training, and then how you apply that training, right? Amen. All right, so that's the first step. We're only going to talk about a few. This I'm watching the clock, right? The first step. So, before you run your race, now that you know that there's going to be a race to run, and we all understand that, we're getting ready, we know we got to be trained up, and that's what we're doing, that's what the church does. Come on, that's what all that's for. Now, so there, now let's go back to Hebrews 12, and we're going to look at the next step we need to take. Hebrews 12, back in Hebrews 12, beginning in verse 1, and I'm going to read it again out of the New Living Translation. We're going to look at this in different translations here in a minute. And here again, he says, Paul says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with the endurance the race God has set before us. Paul tells us the next step to run in your race, guys, is you've got to strip off some things. You've got to remove anything that will hinder you. And he specifically talks about sin. Sin right there. You've got, you got anything that's going to slow you down, you've got to remove, remove it, right? 
and sound. So after you train and you're now you're getting ready to go, you got to take any of the anything out of the way. You know, if you think about it like a uh, an Olympic runner coming up to the track or to the starting line or whatever, you know, and he he comes out there and maybe he's from Texas, you know. He's been training and he's all ready. And he comes out there and he comes up there to get up on the line and then you start to look, Bryce kind of looking at him really funny. And he's wearing cowboy boots. Well, that's not going to happen, is it? No, because he's been trained, right? He's been trained. And he, beforehand, he would have removed, he may love his cowboy boots, right? But he would, he, he would have removed that so that he could get to the goal of winning that race, right? So they would, he, that, that wouldn't be happening. That would slow him down and it would... Guys, the same thing is true in your spiritual race. You've got to remove anything that will hinder you from running your race. And most importantly, guys, you've got to remove the sin. Sin, will all, sin is intended to stop you. Sin is intended to slow you down. Sin is intended to separate you. Sin is intended to kill you. Yeah. Guys, sin is, sin is the tool from Satan and he uses it so, 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 so well... And he's a master deceiver, guys. You've got to be very, very intentional. And I'm going to tell you something. Sin will definitely hinder your spiritual growth. And it's, and it's interesting there. Paul says you, you have to remove yeah. the sin. Now, I'm going to talk about this for just a second. You're the one that's got to strip off the weights, not God. And let me just say this, guys. Because I know there's sin that has, is holding a lot of people in bondage. And I know what sin is. I know all about it. I know what it means to be addicted. I know what it means to, I know I understand all of this. I've walked through this with many people. I've dealt with this. I understand. But scripture says that it's your job to remove the sin. So if you're sitting there and you think, I can't overcome this. I can't walk away from this. Maybe you're addicted to something. I don't know what, that's an easy one to go back to, to reflect back to. And there's a lot of people that are holding on to addictions and holding on to sin, thinking they cannot walk away from it. It's more powerful than me. I cannot, I cannot overcome it. Now, let me just say this. You can hold on to a sin long enough that in this natural world, you'll need some help from the, from the doctors, right? But you don't have to have, because let me tell you something, you can walk away from sin. You can overcome sin. Why? Because God gave us the Holy Spirit to dwell in us, to empower you to obey God. But you've got to choose to yield to it. Come on, the Holy Spirit's never, we just talked about it, He's not going to make you do anything. God gave us free will to choose. Right? And it's up to us to make that choice. God's not going to move. The, take the cowboy boots off your shoe, off your feet. You got to do it. But there's too many Christians trying to run their race in cowboy boots. Right? And then they want to blame God for how hard it is because it's tough. Let me tell you something, guys. And this is something I hear all the time. The difficulties we face when we're running our race are not God's yoke on us. He's not trying to teach you something. Well, I guess God's just trying to hang that, 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 that addiction out there like a carrot. And he's just trying to teach me to, to tolerance or teach me. No, God is not doing that. Guys, what we, when we deal the, in these hardships, it's just a simple result of us not yielding to the Holy Spirit when he convicts us, when we do wrong, right? You know, when you, when you, when you sin, how I many you know you know you sin? That's the yeah. Holy Spirit saying, hey, 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 he's trying to get your attention. Don't do that. Don't do that. And you need to yield to it and walk away. 
Instead of falling into lustful desires and following after the sin, guys, you've got to, you can remove the sin. I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but you've got to start. And you've got to, and you're, listen, we're, we're, none of us are perfect. We're not going to be perfect in this lifetime, but you've got to pursue righteousness and put God first, yield to the Holy Spirit, and do not allow sin to grab hold of you and keep you in bondage and separate you from God himself. Because remember, the enemy is trying to kill you. He's trying to take your knees out from under you. Amen? All right. So we got, now, you've been trained or you're in training, and let me just say this, your training is going to take forever. And please don't ever get to the place where you find yourself where you think you know everything. Guys, that's so dangerous. When you get to that place, what you're doing is you're putting yourself on a pedestal like where God is. And that's dangerous, guys. I mean, I'm probably the most teachable person ever. If I make a mistake, I'll repent. But I have people that I call. I have people that hear my message. I have people... That's, that's why we have a ministerial association. That's their job, to, to keep us accountable and to keep, keep an eye on us to make sure we're not getting way off in right field or way off in left field. You know, I love my, I love my ministerial association, you know. And it's kind of like you should love your college too, right? But that's, what this, that's, what their, that's their job, right? Amen. Glory to God. So, we've been trained and you've removed the hindrances, you've removed the race, and you're ready to run your race, so what's next? <clears throat> Can I get a bottle of water? <clears throat> what's next? The next thing, let's go back to Hebrews 12. I'm going to switch translation to the Amplified. To the Amplified. Thank you. And I'm going to read all the way down to verse 3. So after you've been trained and after you've removed the hindrances, you've removed the sin... All right, the next thing that you got to do, guys, is focus. 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 Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. Because I'm going to tell you something. There's not a purpose of a race without a goal. All right? So the next thing you're going to do is you're going to focus on that goal. You've got to focus on that. Listen, Michelle's sister runs marathons, and it's amazing. I think she just went to Alaska. She's running a marathon in each state. Isn't that right? She went to Alaska to run one. I'm like, how can you get up and run 50 miles? I mean, it's like, well, you know, I'm like, why? You know, probably should, but it's amazing that she can do that. But when she's running that 50 miles, I mean, she's not looking down here going, oh my gosh, it's going to take me forever. No, she's focusing on the end. She's focusing on that goal. Amen. And that's what we have to do. We have to focus on the end goal of our race. And what's the end goal of our race? Watch this. Go back. I'm going to read Hebrews 12. Out of the Amplified, beginning in 1 down to verse 3, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, who by faith have testified to the truth of God's absolute faithfulness, stripping off every unnecessary weight and the sin which so easily and cleverly entangles us, let us run with endurance and active persistence the race that is set before us. Verse 2. Looking away from all that will distract us. We're talking about focus. And focusing our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and the perfecter of our faith, 
The first incentive for our belief in the one who brings our faith to maturity. There's our goal, right? To get Jesus into the lives, not only your life, but into the lives of the lost. But he goes on and he talks about what Jesus did right here. Because remember now, Jesus went to the cross and this is what he's talking about here. He goes on and he says, Who for the joy of accomplishing the goal set before him endured the cross. Guys, Jesus endured the cross. He endured. We know that, right? Now, think about this is God. He's God. Think about what he had to do to go on the cross. That was pretty tough, right? He had to lay his deity aside. He had to set every majesty aside. He set everything aside. And he had to go on that cross. He had to endure shame, pain, all of that. And he did all of that for the joy of the accomplishing the goal. Amen. Amen. And he goes on. He says, set before us. And then verse, in uh, verse 3, it says, just consider... Excuse me, and meditate on him who endured from sinners such bitter hostility against him. Consider it all, (coughs) excuse me, in comparison with your trials so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Mm. (coughs) Excuse me. (coughs) Listen. (coughs) Excuse me. All right. <clears throat> Give me one second. We're almost done. I will not be defeated and I will not quit. Thank you, <laughs> Thank you Father. Holy Spirit, help me here. All right, so we say there's no purpose for a race without a goal. And the goal for the believer is Jesus, right? right. And we see that <clears throat> when you run this race... There's going to be a lot of distractions. It's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. Thank you, man. It's going to be difficult. All right? You're going to face some things that are going to be tough. You're going to face some things because you have an enemy that's trying to, trying to slow you down. He's trying to stop you. He's trying to steal you. He's trying to, he's trying to stop you from preaching on Sunday morning when you need to be preaching, right? Amen. <laughs> but what's going to keep you going? You've got to keep your focus on the gold. You've got, you got to follow the example that Jesus just laid before us. When he went to the cross, guys, and when he set all of that aside, he said he kicked all that. He, he had to, I cannot even, we can't imagine with our fathom, with our minds, what he had to process. And he had to set all of that aside. And the only thing that kept him going was the joy of accomplishing the goal. That needs to be the focus. That needs to be your focus. When you're running your race and you hit a wall and you fall down and, you, and you're in a battle and you're, and you're going through a tough time and you cannot get weary and give up, you keep your focus on the end result, which is Jesus himself and getting Jesus into the lives of the lost. Guys, and that's when Jesus, when he was going to the cross, he wasn't looking at what, the circumstances around him. So what we're not supposed to be looking at the circumstances around him. We're supposed to deal with them, but we're supposed to be focused on the goal, right? right. When he went to the cross, he was seeing you and me. Right, right. Guys, and he was, and he, was, he was seeing us, and he was seeing God saying, well done, my faithful servant. Guys, he was practicing what he told the disciples in John 16, 33, when he said, in this world you'll have tribulation, but have good cheer. Doesn't even make sense, does it? 
He says, but I've overcome the world. Guys, it's because the, that joy was his strength. It wasn't, wasn't what we're enduring right here. It was the goal that he was after. And that joy was his goal. And he became the greatest example of how we should finish our race with joy. And that's how you should finish your race with joy. Amen. Yes. Glory to God. Glory to God. Listen, you can't, you can't lose heart. You've got to keep your focus and you do that by using that joy as your strength. And let me, and, and you got the joy of knowing what's ahead, guys. It's, you know, you got to focus on the goal. Let me just say this really quick about your focus. Because your focus is everything. And, and, and you know, I've done sermons and messages on focus. And, 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 and I'm not going to get into too much of that. But I do want to talk about one specific thing that, that hinders people. It's why you're running your race, guys. You've got to find the balance. Remember, we talk about how there's a balance to everything. You don't get off in left field. You don't get off in right field. You stay right in the middle, right? Well, there's a balance to that with your focus, too, because sometimes people get so focused on the end result, guys, that they don't realize things that are happening around them. And most importantly, they get so focused on that now, and this is a fine line here. They get so focused on the end goal, they don't see the attacks of the enemy coming at them right, right in front of them. Right? In other words, they lose their, their stance from or their place of being vigilant. Because you can, I mean, you know, you can, you can head off some attacks from the enemy when you know they're coming. Yeah. Right? So you've got to keep your focus, but yet you've got to remain vigilant. I remember, and most of you know that <laughs> Hamp got stationed, my son Hamp got stationed upstate New York, and he needed his car. You know, he was up there, he was poor, pitiful, dad, I need my car. No, he wasn't really. But he really did need his car. And uh, not a big city where he's at, and you, and you need to be able to get around. And some loving mom here says, okay, I'll drive the car. I'm like, okay, mom's going to drive the car. So Natalie went with her, and Kaylee went with her, and they made a road trip out of it. And yeah, I thought, well, that'd be fun. We'll drive up, take a few days, drive up, see the sights, you know, go to Niagara Falls, and then we'll just fly back. <laughs> well, mom calls one night. <laughs> she said, you're not going to believe what happened. I said, what? And I don't know all the details, but I know enough of the story to, to tell this. She said, they pull up to this park, and they get out. And it's a beautiful park. Beautiful park. So Kaylee gets out and goes ahead, a little bit ahead of them. She's making her way out. And Mom and Natalie are kind of behind. And Kaylee is just caught up in the majesty and all the beauty of where, because it's beautiful up there, you know? You know, it's not like here where you have to cut your way through the humidity up there. You can enjoy Lake Erie. Was it Lake Erie? On and so she's, you know, she's just like, and everybody's going, tourist, 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 because she's just walking like this, you know? Oh, my gosh, you know? And all this. And, and, and Michelle and Natalie are behind her, but she's so caught up in the majesty and the beauty that she don't see this 200-pound goose that's coming at her full speed, making all this noise. And, 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 Mom, and Mom and Natalie are going, Kaylee, 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 Kaylee. And this tree's trying to, trying to come at her and trying to take her feet out from under her, you know? <laughs> She wasn't being vigilant. <laughs> the goose didn't get her, I don't think. She, hey, she's pretty quick. <laughs> Last second, she ducked, all right? A little, little poop on the shoulder, she was good to go. <laughs> Listen, the point is to stay vigilant, guys. Don't get so focused that you can't see the attacks that the enemies throw at you. You know, faith is not acting like thing. Reality is not real. You know, 
There are people that'll say, well, you know, when an, when an attack or situation comes on their life, and they'll act like, well, I'm walking in faith because I'm acting like it doesn't happen. No, faith is the answer to the problem, right? You, you, you know the problem's there, you know the attack's there, you, you embrace it, you do everything you can in the natural, and then you walk by faith and you believe God for the rest. It's the simple truth, guys. You have to stay vigilant. You never stop training. Always remove the sin that'll slow you down. Keep your focus on the goal, which is Jesus, and use joy as your strength, guys. And lastly, what it says right there, that we should run our race with patience. See, too often we get impatient. We want God's plan fulfilled yesterday. Amen. But let me tell you something. Running your race that God has set before you, it's not always about getting to the finish line. Because listen, if you're running your race correctly, you'll be getting to that finish line a lot. In other words, you're going to get there, get somebody saved. You're starting back. Get there, get somebody saved. You're starting back. Get there, get there. Someone's. So it's not about getting just simply to the finish line. In other words, you get Jesus. After you get Jesus, now you're getting Jesus into somebody else's life. And that's the whole point of what God's calling you to do in this life is to do something and to advance the kingdom of God, which is to share the good news and to share the gospel, right? But guys, it's not just about getting to the finish line. It's more about the journey along the way. And it goes back to what Kaylee was talking about at worship. Taking the time to enjoy the experiences. Well, first off, taking the time to recognize the experiences, right? And, And learn from the ones you need to learn from, or if it's been a mistake and you learn and go a different direction, but also to take the time to thank God for his goodness in the middle of whatever, of a goose trying to take your head off, right? Right? See, she was thanking God. You gave me the strength to get out of the way, yeah? <laughs> Listen, it's more about the ride. It's more about the journey along the way. Yes. Amen? But listen, God wants you to run your race. If you're not running your race, if, you, if, 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 if you, you're thinking... Or maybe you're not sure you're running your race. Or if you're out there right now and, you're, and you know you're running somebody else's race, in other words, you're trying to do what so-and-so's doing, listen, get on your knees, get before God, and ask Him to show you and to reveal you. He's got a plan for you. He's got a purpose for you. And all you got to do is pursue Him, guys. Pursue Him, yield to Him, and, and, and remove anything in your life that will slow you down. Amen? Let's pray.